The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This morning on the third hour of today, urging support. President Biden addressing the nation in a push to send more military and humanitarian aid to Israel and Ukraine. We cannot and will not let terrorists like Hamas and tyrants like Putin win. His message to the American people. Plus, mothers on both sides of the war in the Middle East sharing the struggle to keep their kids safe. Then, a breast cancer vaccine? The experimental research that could change everything for families facing breast cancer. Plus, Broadway legends Vanessa Williams and Norm Lewis in Studio 1A on their important mission, bringing diversity to the theater. And festive fun, Halloween crafts that'll give your whole home a whole lot of spooky spirit. Today, Friday, October 20th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the third hour of today. It's another busy day. It's Friday morning, though, at least. Yes. Dylan here with Craig and Al. Chanel is off today. And we do want to begin this morning with the latest developments overnight in the Middle East. Yeah, overnight, a rare speech from the Oval Office. President Biden addressing the nation on the urgent need for aid as the Israeli-Hamas war rages on, the president comparing the conflict in the Middle East to Russia's war in Ukraine, stressing the importance of supporting democracy in both cases. Meanwhile, Israeli forces continuing to pummel Gaza with airstrikes ahead of a possible ground invasion that could start literally any moment in all of it. All of it fueling anti-America and anti-Israel protests across the Middle East. That's right. But it's also important not not to forget there are countless innocent civilians caught in the crosshairs, and so many of them children. NBC's Raf Sanchez joining us live in Israel with the stories of two mothers who are trying to protect their children. Raf, this is such a powerful story. Hey guys, yeah, good morning. We've been on the ground here covering this war for nearly two weeks now. And for all the horror that we have seen, that we have heard, there has been one inspiring constant, which is seeing parents who will do literally anything to protect their kids. We had the chance to meet one Israeli mom, one Palestinian mom, and to hear a little bit about their stories. She looks like any other mom on the playground, but Doreen Cohen and her two little sons have been through more than most. We had no way to to tell anyone we're, we're alive. Everybody thought that we're dead. Mm. When Hamas burst through the Gaza border fence, Doreen's village of Kafar Aza was one of their first targets. It was really um, it was a lot of bombs, and then we heard uh, voices of uh, terrorists and the shots, gunshots. And then we understand, understood that we have a terrorist in the kibbutz. Her family fled behind the steel door of their safe room. My husband held the handle yeah. for 27 hours. Unable to get inside, terrorists set fire to the house. And we couldn't breathe and we don't have water and my baby dry because I, I am breastfeeding mm-hmm. him. 
and they didn't have milk yeah. because they didn't eat and uh, from the stress I, yeah. I thought he was going to, to die and I didn't know what to do because if I open the, the, the door we're all dying. If I don't open, just, just him. The family was rescued by Israeli troops. Their home burned to ashes around them. They were shocked. They, hmm. they couldn't believe that anybody were alive in, in the house. Just over the border in Gaza, the endless thunder of Israeli airstrikes. Parents desperately trying to shield their children, but unsure where to run. We evacuated from our houses. We came to the east of Gaza. And we really don't know where should we go. Jumana Shaheen's daughter, Sophia, turned two in the first week of the war. This video from Happier Times. I feel like guilty because uh, she's living such a situation and I can't even celebrate her, her birthday. The family fled their home in Gaza City and are struggling amid Israel's siege. There's no electricity, there's no food, there's no water, there's no cleaning water, there's no medicine, there's no houses. The situation is getting harder and harder and harder every day. We are losing ourselves, guys. We are losing our lives. Every day of war, snatching at her baby's innocence. Sophia's always screaming because of the sounds of explosions. When the bombs are falling, what do you tell your daughter? Big car. That's all what I can reply to her. But she can recognize the sound. Doreen also making up a story for her son to explain the gunfire. We told him that we have storm outside, that, so we can't go out. And also noticing changes in her children. The oldest one, different. He's crying and he's very sen sensitive and he's speaking. He's always tell, he tell our, uh, the, his friend that uh, his uh, house destroyed. And they ask him, your house destroyed too? On both sides of this war, moms just trying to keep their kids safe. And guys, you heard there both Jumana and Doreen making up these little stories to try to explain to their kids what's going on. We spoke to one parenting expert here in Israel. She said that is a totally understandable instinct, but that actually kids are smart, kids are resilient, they can handle the truth as long as they feel that they have parents who love them and we're trying to keep them safe, like these two moms. Guys, oh, uh, such a powerful story, Raf. Parents in impossible situations there. Thank you. Yeah. And the lasting effects of war. Exactly. And that's just a generation that's going to grow up with yeah. that. No. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a bit of a turn right now to some of the other stories that are happening here at home. More specifically in Hollywood, uh, new revelations about Britney Spears' life over the last two plus decades. In her own words, more details emerging from her memoir, The Woman and Me. NBC's Chloe Malas is here with more. Chloe. Good morning, you guys. Well, this 275-page memoir, a copy of which The New York Times was able to acquire and review, is scheduled to hit shelves on Tuesday. Now in it, the 41-year-old pop star and the icon, she talks about everything from her rise to stardom as a teen to her romantic life, her relationship with the press and that 13-year conservatorship, in which she says she was powerless to make her own decisions. It reads like a bad dream, a fairy tale turned nightmare. Okay, guys, so my book, The Woman and Me, is coming out October 24th. The Woman and Me is Britney Spears' personal accounting of her life from teen pop sensation to the horrors she says she endured during her 13-year conservatorship. Hey! 
From 2008 to 2021, her father, Jamie, was put in charge of her affairs. During that time, according to excerpts published by The Times, Spears describes a life of controlled manipulation. Too sick to choose my own boyfriend, and yet somehow healthy enough to appear on sitcoms and morning shows and to perform for thousands of people. And completely devoid of choice. They put parental controls on my iPhone. Everything was scrutinized and controlled. Everything. Of her father, she writes, he saw me as put on the earth for no other reason than to help their cash flow. In addition to the bombshell news of her pregnancy and abortion with then-boyfriend Justin Timberlake, Spears adds context to their breakup, which she says he initiated over text, saying that she was devastated, yet portrayed by the media as a harlot who'd broken the heart of America's golden boy, while in truth, she was comatose in Louisiana, and he was happily running around Hollywood. In the aftermath, Spears says that she was forced into an ill-fated interview with Diane Sawyer in which she felt exploited, set up in front of the whole world. You broke his heart. You did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? (laughs) According to the Times, that interview, Spears says, was a breaking point. She also says that her portrayal as a party girl was overblown. It was never as wild as the press made it out to be, that she didn't like hard drugs and never had a drinking problem. Spears also shares insights into her mental state during some of her most erratic behavior. In the throes of severe postpartum depression, abandonment by my husband, the torture of being separated from my two babies, the death of my adored Aunt Sandra, and the constant drumbeat of pressure from paparazzi, I began to think in some ways like a child. Now, this memoir, Spears says, is all a part of her finding the woman in her. We have reached out to both Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, and Justin Timberlake's camps. Now, Jamie Spears, he declined to comment. And People magazine is reporting that Timberlake, via sources, is, quote, happy at home with Jessica Biel and their kids. And he's focusing on new music. As for Britney, a lot of her fans, they want to know if she would ever tour again, if there would ever be new music in the works. But she says that it's time for her to actually find herself Mm -hmm. and to heal. So right now, no new music focusing on her. Like, she put out that song last year with Elton John. John. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Collab. It was so good. And yeah. fans, they really, really wanted that. They supported that. But for right now, she's just healing. Makes sense. Hope she gets healthy. All right, thank you. Have a good weekend. All right, well, in other entertainment news, it is Friday, and that means it's time for Friday Football Fever. So it's time to answer NFL trivia as we count down to Sunday Night Football. This week, with the Miami Dolphins facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles, the question comes from Jack Collinsworth, co-host of Football Night in America. Take a look. Hey there, Third Hour friends. we got a little trivia for you, and it is NFL trivia pertaining to the Philadelphia Eagles. They joined the league exactly 90 years ago, and then just 10 years later, in 1943, they were forced to actually merge with another team. They were forced to merge with the Pittsburgh Steelers for one season due to a player shortage. So what was that combined team name? Was it A, the Eaglers? Was it B, the Steagles? Was it C, the Steel Birds? Or was it D, the Pickles? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. Well, it was a long time ago. I'm going to go with C. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with C, too. C is it's the, the one that's normal. Yeah, it doesn't sound so completely ridiculous and made up. <laughs> All right, Jack, what's the answer? So the answer is B, the Steagles. Oh, so when you wow. look back, it was That's due ridiculous. to the manpower needed for World War II. So it had a player shortage. The teams actually had to combine just to keep that season alive. Only lasted one year, but the Steagles were a wagon. They were winners. 
ended up finishing that year with a winning record. And we will see you this weekend in Philadelphia for Miami and the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night. All right. Jim. Was that like the original mishmash of names? I guess so. Steagles? And now we've got Staler or yeah. whatever. Steagles. I mean, even back then, I'm not sure how that got out of committee. You know, you would think yeah. that someone would I know. say, but still, like, even yeah. then, it's still better than the Washington name. Oh, <laughs> I disagree, sort of. <laughs> Don't forget. You can catch the game Sunday night on NBC and on Peacock. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern. Two five and one teams. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. All right, well, coming up, we're going to dive into the latest research into the development of a breast cancer vaccine and meet one mom sharing her story in the hopes of helping the next generation. Third hour of today. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed All month long, we've been shining a light on breast cancer and the millions of people impacted by it. NBC's Ann Thompson spoke to a doctor who is working on a way to prevent the disease before it even begins. And this is fascinating yeah, stuff. It, it really is a look into the future. This is a team of researchers at the University of Pennsylvania, and they are working on a potential vaccine to stop cancers caused by the BRCA mutation. Not just breast, but also ovarian, pancreatic, and aggressive prostate cancers. It could be a revolutionary new way to save lives. While we're starting this vaccine in individuals at high risk for cancer, BRCA1 and 2 mutation carriers, we are hopeful that if it works, it could be applicable to many more patients. Dr. Susan Domchek is on a mission to change the daunting cancer odds of the BRCA gene mutations that have dominated her career. They were cloned in 1994 and 1995. I graduated from medical school in 1995. So I have been able to see the evolution of the science related to these genes. Now she and a team of researchers at the University of Pennsylvania's Vassar Cancer Interception Institute are working on what they think could be the next big step, a vaccine to stop the cancers caused by the mutations. 
Are vaccines now the holy grail for breast cancer treatment? So I think that whether it be a vaccine or other things, I think we really do want to be moving more and more into the prevention or cancer interception space. We want to use the immune system to be constantly on surveillance and take care of those cancer cells right when they first develop before you even know they're there. To do that, this experimental vaccine uses the enzyme telomerase, found in 95% of human cancers. So essentially, you're taking an enzyme that's usually inside the cell, putting it on the outside, and that directs it to fight the cancer cells? Yes. Think about it. The immune system needs a target. The immune system needs to see something that it can react to. Who has the BRCA mutation? One in 200 people. If you are of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, it's one in 40. If you have ovarian cancer, one in four. What we're trying to do is give people choices. And obviously, the more effective the vaccine is, the more willing people will be to not undergo surgical prevention. So it's our job to make the best vaccine we can and to give the best options that we can. What are their options today? The options that we have for BRCA1 and 2 mutation carriers are aggressive cancer screening, which does work pretty well for breast cancer, including breast MRI, preventative removal of the breasts, and preventative removal of the ovaries. Alana Shaked heard that advice 11 years ago after she was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. She was just 28 years old. I ended up having chemotherapy. I went through fertility preservation. I decided to have a double mastectomy based on the fact that I had the BRCA mutation. Now 39 and pregnant with her second child, a vaccine would not help Alana. But if it comes to fruition, she believes it could help her daughter if she has the mutation. Just the thought that she wouldn't have to go through what I went through is really, really crucial. If everything went according to plan, what could be the timeline from where your vaccine is now to where it could be available to the public? I would always love to say, you know, it's a year or two, but, you know, realistically, seven to ten years. But still, there is a, a real timeline in sight. So, so far, the trials are very small. The first in 93 patients who had early stage cancers. Dr. Domchek says the vaccine proved to be safe and created an immune response. That's a good sign. Now it's being tested in 24 people so far. It will expand to 44 people who have the mutations but no cancers. And they got four shots over a period of a month. The key here is genetic testing. And in the future, folks who know they have a BRCA mutation would go to their primary care doctor and get the shot. And that would either eliminate or significantly reduce their cancer risk moving forward. In the future, imagine, it could be as easy as just going to your doctor. But the key is getting that genetic testing and finding out if you have these mutations. Right. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. That is really Seven to ten years, though. It's not that far. Yeah. But this is going to be the future of cancer treatment or will be vaccines, whether it's brain cancer or breast cancer, prostate cancer. That's the future. Get vaccines from all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lightning story. Coming up, a mystery that is sure to keep you on the edge of your seat. NBC's Blaine Alexander is here to preview her brand new Dateline episode. It's a case that ends in a way that you would never expect. They never do. That's true. <laughs> Plus, two legendary actors, they're in the studio with us on this Friday, Vanessa Williams and Norm Lewis, on their mission to bring more diversity to the theater. Third hour of today, right back after this.
Well, welcome back. We can always count on Dateline for a riveting story in this week's episode. No exception to that rule. NBC's Blaine Alexander joins us to preview her first Dateline episode. Wow. Guys, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. And this is one we've been working on for quite some time. You know, this is a story. It's my first episode. It will absolutely stick with me. It's one that really rocked this community in St. Paul, Minnesota, and it took 13 years to get justice. Sunday morning in St. Paul, Minnesota, April 25th, 2010. State Patrol 911. A young woman, Heidi Furcus, was on the line. Someone's trying to break into my home. Seconds later, there was a loud noise. Then Heidi's husband, Nick, called 911, frantic. 911. St. Paul Police Sergeant Jim Gray raced to the scene. What did you think when you first saw Heidi lying there on the ground? It was beyond tragic. Obviously, it looked like they were woken up by this intruder trying to gain entry into their house. What were officers doing to find this guy? The initial officers, uh, along with the canine team, tried to track this intruder, then started knocking on the doors in the neighborhood. The neighbors didn't have a lot of information for us. But Nick did. He was at the hospital, alive, getting treatment for a horrific-looking wound, telling investigators about his fight with the intruder. It was fast. He just came in and I tried to push him away. That's when the gun went off, and that's when Heidi fell down. Two weeks later, he sat with a sketch artist and produced an image of the man. One of the things that I did over the course of the next couple of years was try to get that sketch out into the public. Two years after Heidi's murder, Sergeant Jake Peterson thought it was still the best way to keep Heidi's case alive. He says every year, a few tips would trickle in. None panned out. On the fifth anniversary of Heidi's death, once again, his phone rang. The caller told Peterson she knew the man in the sketch. Are you thinking, we did it, we got him? Yeah. Did they have him? We discovered a major problem. He really had the perfect alibi. There was nothing we could do about it. cliffhanger there. So yeah. without obviously giving away too much, because yeah. we do want folks to, to watch tonight, take us inside the story. Give us give us something. Give us a little nugget or something. Okay, so we saw that guy. We saw that sketch. Yeah. You're actually going to hear from the person in that sketch uh, mm-hmm. in tonight's episode. So that's interesting. That okay. in and of itself is worth sticking around for. Very interesting story there. But really what kind of stuck out to me is how many people were rocked by this crime. When we were in St. Paul and we were filming it, I mean, our makeup artists, like the people who owned the venues, all of them remembered this very specific crime. And so this was something that a lot of people have been following, talking about. We're talking about a young couple. She was 25 years old, shot and killed in her home. So it's something that resonated with a lot of people. And I think you'll see that in our story tonight. Mm -hmm. And congratulations on this being your first dateline. What what was the process like? Because you you do a lot of day of news (laughs) and all of a sudden here's this long form, almost movie. Completely different. Completely different than anything that we've ever done before. Because, I mean, you guys know, we go in, you get an interview, Mm -hmm. you have to slam it on TV in a matter of hours. This one we worked on over the course of several months, most of this year. And these interviews are two hours, three hours long. Craig, you know. Oh, yeah. And I think that what I learned is that it brings a whole new level of trust that people Mm -hmm. have to have when they sit down with you for that amount of time. And I have to give a thanks to Pete and Jolene, the brother and sister-in-law of Heidi, who was killed, because they really had to put a lot of trust in us to kind of relive this moment. And so, yeah, it absolutely And I thought this was the first time I'm meeting Blaine Alexander. 
I found her. She was on the plaza when she was 18 years old. <laughs> I had a picture of you. I had a picture of you. You've been here a long time. My mom brought me up for a high school graduation trip, and we took a picture. Wow. So now we're really meeting in real life. There this you go. Absolutely. This is what counts. This uh, one congrats. matters. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you, guys. Thank and you so much. And they, they you. set you up with the best producer, too. That's Justin Baldwin. He's a gold standard. <laughs> Absolutely. Dateline. So congratulations Thank to you both so much, of you. Guys. And again, you can catch this episode of Dateline tonight. 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock Central. Don't watch alone here on NBC. Don't watch alone. Oh, that's good. Friends. Nice warning. <laughs> but we want alone. you to continue watching us because right now we've got Vanessa Williams and Norm Lewis on a great mission promoting representation and diversity in the theater and a whole lot more. And then ghosts and pumpkins and spiders. Oh my. TikTok star Shannon Doherty has easy Halloween crafts you can do in no time. Third hour today, we'll be right back. We have got two theater legends in Studio 1A with us this morning. Norm Lewis got his break on Broadway 30 years ago and has more than 15 Broadway credits to his name, including The Phantom of the Opera and Porgy and Bess, which landed him a Tony nomination. And of course, Vanessa Williams lent her voice to Pocahontas for the Academy Award winning song, Colors of the Wind. She's also a Tony nominee. I got a Tony nomination for that performance in uh, Into the Woods. Well, now Norm and Vanessa are part of a group of actors trying to bring more diversity to theater with their organization. Black Theater United. Norm, Vanessa, good to see you. Good, good to see you. See you too. So, so There's Norm- three Broadway stars here, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Waitress, waitress. That's true. Yes, yes, yes. Two stars and one guy who's <laughs> on a stage. Uh, this, you, you guys are in your third year. And besides trying to get uh, more representation into the theaters, even to the point of naming theaters, get, mm-hmm. you've gotten a, a, a couple of theaters renamed. Why is something like that so important to this cause? It's about representation. It's about seeing yourself. It's about, uh, I just know when I've been to the theater or gone to a movie and I saw someone that looked like me, it encouraged me to be a part of that. You know, Sidney Poitier was a big influence. Robert Guillaume, who was the first Phantom, uh, you know, uh, but it was in Los Angeles. That gave me hope that I could play that part. And it was wonderful. I had done um, a show called After Midnight at the Brooks Atkinson Theater singing Stormy Weather. And the day that I got a chance to rename the Brooks Atkinson Lena Horn Theater, mm-hmm. uh, I got a chance to sing Stormy Weather in front of the oh, Lena Horn right. Theater. Wow. So yeah. it was a great full circle mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. She was a legend. She was a Broadway star, but also a magnanimous human being and an advocate. So it was a wonderful kind of full, full circle yeah. moment. Yeah. BTU is having their inaugural gala later on this month. You're, you, Al, are actually coaching. Deborah and I are yes. you and yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. So <laughs> for the first one, what, what can we expect? I imagine you'll go all out. We're well, going all out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, our, our group uh, incorporates Vanessa Williams, Norm Lewis, uh, uh, <laughs> Audrey <laughs> McDonald, you know, Brian Stokes Mitchell, and a plethora of a lot of great. So you're going to get a lot of good talent. But there's also people who are willing to help us out. You know, we have Ernst and Young who are going to be an ally with us, and uh, uh, they have a table. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's about the, just uh, having people come in and, and making sure they understand what our mission is. We're honoring uh, LaTanya uh, Jackson and Sam Jackson. They mm-hmm. did the piano lesson. Oh, she wow. was in it. Yep. I mean, she she directed it. He, he was, was in it. it. So yeah. they're getting an award. Uh, Common, who made his yeah. Broadway debut right. in a play, he's getting his kind of a newcomer award. Uh, Candy Burris, who is a Real Housewives of Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. she's already invested in three, uh, uh, three Broadway shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're giving her, you know, there is black money. There, we need more black producers uh, for production on Broadway. So we are highlighting her and, and, and many more. 
Norm, it's, it's hard to believe it's been 30 years since you made your debut on, on Broadway. How has the landscape of theater in general, how has it changed in that, that three-decade time? Well, it's been interesting because I came into this industry kind of, I say ass backwards, uh, because, <laughs> can we say that this, uh, this well, time of day? We, we, just, we, just, yeah, we just did. Sorry. Oops. Sorry, censors. It's it's no, <laughs> but the thing is, I came in from a business standpoint, and I, I, I had a mission. I, I was working in advertising, and I was like, oh, I can sing, so let me just try this. I went to everything, unless they specifically asked for blog hair and blue eyes, I showed up. Yeah. Now, in saying that, I did get a lot of opportunities. I don't know if I was, uh, you know, uh, discriminated because of my race or anything for any other jobs. But uh, since since then, I've seen people uh, play roles that are not necessarily what has been played before. Sure. Uh, yep. uh, now, even with the uh, onset of Hamilton, sure. and that has opened up a lot of opportunities for people to come in and, and start playing roles. But we want more than that. We want people to be backstage. We want people to be in the casting. We want people to be in agencies uh, to have ideas about people who are different mm-hmm. than what was normally played. Theater and in ownership, fact, producing, yeah. right. technical. Yes. Yeah, you're a producer of uh, on a, a Broadway-bound play yeah. about Louis Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Satchmo, tell yeah. us about stepping, that. Stepping into the role of producers, but yeah. we want to highlight more. Yeah, uh, it's called A Wonderful World. We just finished New Orleans. We're in Chicago for two uh, two weeks. We have one more week left. Uh, James Eigelhart is phenomenal as <laughs> Louis Armstrong. Yeah. And uh, we'll... Looking to be Broadway bound uh, in ne- by next That's year. So exciting. Yeah, it's very Love exciting. It. That is Congratulations. Thank you. Vanessa Norm, thanks so much for Thank you. Here. We'll see you. And yeah. for more information on Black Theater United, you can go to today.com. Tell Sonny we all say hello. Yes, my grandson. grandson. Uh, coming up, DIY Halloween decorations that are actually easier than they look and lots of fun for the whole family as well. And then if it's Friday, it's Superfood Friday. We're so we're gonna cook with some pumpkin. Tis the season, Joy Bauer putting it to work and everything from pasta to peanut butter. Oh, oh you love both. Oh, boy. And peanut butter. Third hour of today, right back after this. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Long days and no drumstick make for short fuses. And this fateful Monday, my fuse was as stubby and hungry as they come. Where are the drumstick vanilla cones? Take it easy, Sonny. Where are the drumstick vanilla cones, please? Yes! Sweet, creamy, crunchy, crispy, decadent deliciousness. <clears throat> Sir, I can ring you up. In my preoccupation with scoring a drumstick, I had forgotten my wallet. Uh, do you offer buy now, pay later? Another day, another drumstick. It's officially spooky season around here. What? Around you, what it's that? spooky. <laughs> this morning, Shannon Doherty, also known as At Home with Shannon on what? TikTok, is helping us get into the Halloween spirit with some fun and easy crafts for the yes. whole family. Shannon, back, Shannon, it's always Thanks, so fun guys. when you're here because we're always like, oh, we can't do that. And then you show us and it's like, oh, we can do that. These are very easy. And spooky season is one of my all-time favorites. So I have brought <laughs> the good ideas for okay. you guys. Okay. 
Number one, we're going to start with outdoor decor ideas that you can do. Mm -hmm. This is a trick-or-treat stand for all your trick-or-treaters. And I made this out of a stool in my kitchen. And then I put a laundry basket on top and a white sheet. No way. I always put candy outside because we're trick-or-treating. So So you leave it outside, outside. a stool, laundry basket, white sheet, and then just put... And I put some... Fairy lights around it. Oh, and yeah. You're Look at that. That's oh. adorable. Easy. No excuses. And it's you guys can like easily set this up. The little thing I stick the candy on <laughs> Coolest outside. Coolest house okay. on the block. Now, this is kind of cool. Next. Yes. These terracotta pumpkins are everywhere. And when you buy them, they can be really expensive. Mm-hmm. So, this is an easy dupe to make them at home yourself. Get some plastic pumpkins, uh-huh. and then you're going to get some paint, mix it with some baking soda, paint oh. the pumpkin, mm-hmm. then drizzle flour oh, wow. on top, and when it dries, just brush the flour off the pumpkin, oh. and you have this really cool terracotta look wow. really cute. for way less, for way, way less, a quarter of the wow, less, that's than, really less cool. than that. Uh-huh. Shannon, how did you go about decorating these doormats? Now, I love to have a spooky entrance for everyone when they get to our house, <laughs> so my kids and I made these doormats ourselves. This was so fun. I just ordered a natural colored doormat Mm -hmm. and then I got cookie cutters exactly so this is fun the kids can do it too yeah you just put the cookie cutters right on get some acrylic paint and you just paint on the shapes so I did this boo one and then you spray it with a sealer at the end Oh, a really, so cool. really oh, fun really activity. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it's great. My kids had a Bill lot of Swift fun doing here. it. And then you have the cutest <laughs> front door mat. I actually love how it's it turned commercial. out. I felt, see, isn't it? Oh, that is really Painting cute. is therapeutic, it too. Is. So. I can just sit here and do that while you guys do I ended up doing it all. And this one, is this the one that was trending on TikTok? This was trending all over TikTok. Now we're on to indoor decor ideas. All you have to do is run to a thrift store. So Mm -hmm. run to any store and grab one of those $1 paintings that you see that you're wondering who got those. Exactly. (laughs) So then get some fun stickers or bats and draw on things like a bat on the painting. I drew on little ghosts with a paint marker. My kids helped me with this, too. And you make this easy little spooky scene to put right around your house. That's a clever idea. A fun, easy one. This is really fun. Love these. Because it looks like you're defying How gravity. cool is that? Okay. Yes. We put these all over our dining room table. So all you need is some liquid starch, some cheesecloth, put in a balloon, let it dry overnight. Craig's fascinating. Pop the balloon the next day, and look at oh, these ghosts. That yeah. actually, that's pretty so hot. That's fun, cool. right? How does this stuff work? Do you like just let just, it Just you put it in a bowl, soak it in, wring out the cheesecloth, and you're done. I love it. Look at that. Fun, right? Yeah, and now really my cool. favorite, yes. guys. This is so cool. These are spider webs. If you look up. Oh. I made these with my kids, and all you need to do is get a balloon, wrap some yarn around it, but uh-huh. you want to dip the yarn in Mod Podge. What's so wrap Mod it around. It's like a sticky you don't glue. Know Mod Podge? You can- no, I don't know. <laughs> have you never crafted a mom's best no, friend? No, I can I mean, honestly say I have Do not- you know Craig or <laughs> me? But I'm fascinated by it's this like Mod Podge. What is this Mod Podge you speak of? <laughs> you just dip the yarn in the Mod Podge. Get it nice Wait, and I sticky. See this. You guys want to do it? Yeah. Yes, Let sure. it dry overnight, and then you're yeah, going to pop, pop it. it. Oh, yeah. this is fun. I'll hold it. Ready? Pop the balloon. Go ahead. Uh-oh. You no, you got it. I see you, Shannon Doherty. Now you see it. So then you can hang them and hang little spider rings on it. Mod Podge. How cool is that? That was actually kind of fun. Wow. That's really cool. I love Mod doing Podge. that, too. This is fun to do with your kids. They will love seeing that reaction. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a water-based glue sealer and finish. That's it's like great. it does everything. Shannon, you can thank take you it home. Oh, Shannon, fantastic. Guys, thank you for having me. Next, the Happy Halloween fun continues with pumpkin-themed recipes like a veggie pack chili on a superfood Friday. When the third hour of today, Mod Podge is right back. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Isn't this one so cool? I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I, I like that. I like the... Today, nutrition and health expert Joy Bowers here to show us how to use pumpkin properly. How to yes. use pumpkin. And the best part is we are using canned pumpkin puree. Which is okay. just as good. And just as good. Okay. It's pure pumpkin. The reason I love pumpkin very quickly is it's loaded with beta carotene for a glowing complexion. Ooh. It's got fiber for better digestion and it gives your heart a hug. It also has potassium, which helps to drive down blood pressure. So you got a pumpkin mac and cheese kind of here. This is actually pumpkin penne a la vodka. Oh. And this is a great way to satisfy your cravings for a saucy and creamy pasta dish, but in a healthful way. The best part about this dish, as you can see from this video, everything cooks in one casserole dish. So for easy prep and cleanup, we love an easy cleanup. I put the vodka on the outside, in it goes, and then when you take it out of the oven and those those, the tomatoes are nice and puckered, you burst them, you whip everything together. That's the pumpkin ricotta cheese into a sauce, a little parm, you add your pasta, look how creamy that is. Oh, wow. And it's done. And you only have one pan to clean. So I really love this one. I feel like it brings all the fall feels. Yeah. Very nice. I'm going to make this. Is this a chili? This is my pumpkin turkey chili. And so what I've done is, and really you could take any chili recipe and you can add a can of pumpkin puree and it boldens the texture and the flavor and it brings all the assets of pumpkin. This, my recipe, the reason that I'm urging people to try it is because it has five different blood pressure lowering ingredients. It's got spinach, it has the pumpkin, it has garlic, it has white beans, and a surprising dose of cocoa powder. Uh, oh. Yeah. Really? Why do you like the cocoa powder? Exactly. And it just, it's super, super cozy. I feel like chili is a warm embrace on a, on a chilly day. Well, so far I would say this has to be very good because Mr. Melvin does not like pumpkin. That's true. You, oh. That's true. No, but pumpkin you can hide in so many things. So many things. And it has without. a very subtle, like, mild flavor. Uh-huh. It just brings the good mm. stuff. It showers everything with nutrition. This is how you level up your peanut butter. I'm calling this. Uh-oh. This is, Craig's come over and taste mama. my dippity doodah. This is a, peanut, a pumpkin peanut butter. And all I've done is I've added equal parts, creamy peanut butter with canned pumpkin. That's a, that's delicious. A dash of maple syrup or any sweetener that you want and some pumpkin pie spice. I'm not double dipping. Yeah. And so this is great either spread on fruit or graham crackers. You could also swirl a little in a warm bowl of oatmeal or... Guys, I've done it many times before. You could lick it right off your finger. You really No could. judgment. I've um. done something similar and added it to yogurt, mm. which is so yummy. So good in yogurt. Mm. And you jo- can do it in plain yogurt because it flavors it mm-hmm. up. That's delicious. Joy, thank you. I wish you liked peanut butter because yeah, that's well, really yummy. That's, if, if but you can make this with almond butter, butter or yes. soy nut butter, pumpkin seed butter. All the butters work. All the butters. All the butters. Joy, thank you. Mm. You know what to do, folks. For those recipes and more, it's today.com slash food. Third hour of today, right back after this. Time to finish up the week with the best way we know how. Shouting out our Stark Today community right. members. First up, Marie, who is all smiles, keeping her walking streak alive. Yeah. Marie. Hi, Marie. Nice smile. Also got Gina, loves walking day or night. Gina! Erica always does her Stark Today walk in style. Style on Erica. Dana walk, stays walking for her physical and mental health. Dana. And finally, we've got Lori. Loves get up and move it. Way to go, Lori. Lori. There we go. Thank you to all our fabulous walkers. And if you'd like to be part of the fun, scan the QR code to sign up for our newsletter or head to today.com slash today. 
What's coming up Monday, Dylan? Oh, it's me. Shark today. I'll just stop reading. Monday on the third hour of today, Chanel takes us inside the game with the Philadelphia Eagles. And they have a surprising new side project. It's a holiday album. Can't wait to hear that. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, y'all. We'll see you Monday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.